You're tuned into The Investor Mindset, where we talk about everything real estate. My name is John Asher, co-founder and president of Confidence. In this show, I sit down with investors to dissect their strategies, explore how they are uncovering opportunities, and the various ways in which they're making a positive impact in the industry. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the next episode of The Investor Mindset. My name is John Asher, president of Confidus, and today we're going to talk about property technology. This has to be one of my most favorite topics. And if I think about what makes people smarter, more educated, faster in decision making, it has always been and started with advances in technology. And so I am so happy today to join with Matt Trenier, our next guest, Chief Technology Officer for Confidus, and very long-term friend. So Matt, you and I have known each other now for over 20 years and delighted that we're uh, working together and, and pushing this venture together. But for those who don't know you, uh, maybe could you share a little bit of your background and experience uh, over the last 20 years? Yeah, thanks, John. I'm glad to be here. And uh, I won't tell anyone, but I guess I am now. But I think we've known each other close to 25 years. Oh, my God. Um, anyways, my name is Matthew Trenier. I am Chief Technology Officer at Confidus. Um, I've been in the real estate technology space for the past five years with Confidus since it was founded in 2018. And prior to that, I was Chief Technology Officer at The Red Pin which was another Toronto-based real estate technology startup. I've spent the past 20 years involved in a number of startups across a variety of sectors, including real-time media, education, social media, and emergency management. So I've seen a lot of things, but the thing that got me excited and continues to be exciting for me um, is the opportunity that kind of sits at the intersection of real estate and technology. Because in many ways, real estate has been resistant to the technological tailwinds that have reshaped so much in so many parts of our lives. You know, we've seen massive shifts in transportation and entertainment, finance, education, communications, retail, and the, you know, the list goes on and on. But real, real estate stands out as having had comparatively little in the way of significant mm. innovation occur. At least that's something that I've, I've seen. Let's get right into it then. Thinking about those investments that you have seen in real estate. And thinking about what you've seen in the U.S. or what you've seen globally, or or things that we've studied in the past, where are the major trends? Like, where do the dollars go? Where does the time and the energy and the development go? Like, what aspects of real estate are you seeing are on trend for prop tech development? That's a great question. So maybe we can start by quickly looking backwards at what I'd consider to be the first wave of prop tech. So real estate technology, and then we can kind of look at current trends and, and what the future may hold. I think the first big wave was the formation of marketplaces for real estate listings. And this was a, a move away from agents who produced binders full of printouts from the MLS system, which was completely access restricted. So you couldn't get on to or see the listings without 
going through an intermediary of an agent. And once the access to listing data was opened up to third parties, we saw the emergence of large centralized listing portals like Zillow and Redfin in the US market. And these companies kind of did the legwork to create unified portals, which combined MLS listings from many different MLS boards into a, a publicly available portal. And you no longer had to rely on your real estate agent for access to information. And we kind of saw that same thing in Canada. And there's some familiar names like Zucasa and Zolo. Um, but the Canadian market played out a little bit differently uh, insofar as the most highly trafficked real estate portal, realtor.ca, is mm -hmm. a product of the real estate trade association itself. Mm -hmm rather than an independent company. And that's probably a function of data kind of being locked down more tightly and for longer here than it was in the US. There's an argument to be made that Canadians have not seen some of the benefits of innovation as quickly or in the same way as we may have otherwise had as a result of that protection of data. Um, so, so that I think was probably the big first wave of prop tech innovation. Well, it's funny, you know, I speak with a ton of sales reps all over the place and access to realtor.ca had totally turned the tables. And now I think a lot of sales reps, they'll, they'll say, oh my God, you know, I've got clients now that are seeing new listings before I see them. I've got clients that are pushing 30, 40, 50 properties in front of me, you know, wanting to know when they've status has changed or they sold. It's really, really obvious and clear, you know, from a client perspective, totally enabled, finally being able to see properties when they come on, anything that's new and, and really kind of taking control. That's a big foundational uh, building block. Yeah, it probably reshaped the role of the real estate agent in the market very quickly to being, I think, a little more transactional just mm -hmm. because consumers are so aware of what's going on and able to evaluate homes without having to talk to their agent first. Mm -hmm changed everything. I think what we're probably in the middle of right now is like the second big wave of real estate technology. And the way I look at it, there are a variety of buckets into which um, different trends kind of can be categorized. So one of the things I see are companies who are applying technology to achieve like operational efficiency and scale mm. from an investment um, standpoint. Some of the companies for example, Tricon, American Homes for Rent, Invitation Homes. These are the companies that have amassed large portfolios of single family residential homes, primarily in the United States market. And they're able to do that now because technology allows them to operationally coordinate not only the acquisition of the homes initially, but the management of a distributed portfolio. And I think in the past, that wasn't considered to be economically viable. So how do they coordinate tradespeople, um, property management, et cetera, when mm -hmm. homes can be you know, 50 miles apart? And they can do that today by leveraging technology to make that process happen. A lot of in innovation there. Yeah, let's go down memory lane. Uh, I remember you and I sitting 2018, looking at companies like uh, Amherst and thinking, man, look what they've done. The idea of can you buy a house from anywhere in any location, state, county, city, properly evaluate it and, you know, not only just evaluate the house, but like think about 
is the neighborhood right? Is the city right? Um, and then, yeah, like to your point, this like coordination of resources to be able to go in and look at the property and manage it all in real time. You know, I think for a lot of individual people, there's there's a real value in having an explanation for how the acquisition process actually works. You know, you know, there's tons of trust studies that are done that says that a sales rep sits as the most trusted person in that whole acquisition because they can help you manage your way through the acquisition process just by simply knowing the right people and the connections to make it happen. And, you know, it's interesting that we're at this stage now in prop tech development where you can start to pick apart and automate or make that chain of acquisition so much easier. Absolutely. And these companies, in addition to using technology for the coordination of resources and process management, they're, they're also applying it from a purely analytical uh, standpoint to make decisions around which communities are best suited to build their portfolio. And that all kind of like rolls back to the data being available. Yeah. So that takes me to my next question is like, what is, what is the true building block to prop tech? Like, where, where does it start? Like, where do you begin to see, you know, how does development start to build on each other? And, and where do we really have to start? Yeah, the one thing that you know, has stood out to me um, over the past five years that acts as a foundation to pretty much all of the innovation we've seen in the industry is, is data. And that data comes in a variety of formats, is used for a variety of different purposes. But at the end of the day, d data, that's data used for decision-making, uh, data used to identify opportunities uh, for operational efficiency, the democratization of data, allowing third parties to build experiences and tools that would have otherwise been uh, impossible to build. You know, what we're doing here at Confidence, I think, is a good example of that. Data being used in a predictive capacity for underwriting and real-time appraisal of properties, mm. um, which, which enable a variety of business models that may not have, have been possible. The list goes on and on. Some of the interesting things I'm seeing now, tying it back to the, the big portfolio owners, are sensor advancements that are allowing collection of data in the field in ways that were not previously possible. So that's things like moisture sensors, mm -hmm. sensors connected to HVAC and plumbing systems, air quality sensors, that type of thing. And deployed at scale, collecting data in these portfolios with tens of thousands of homes allows the centralized organizations to kind of proactively identify issues before they become significant and achieve operational efficiencies that wouldn't have otherwise been possible. Those kind of advancements I mean, I'm just thinking about it from like a tenant's perspective, fix my house before there's an issue, you know, reducing the frustration of, you know, there's a leak. I need to now create a ticket, get somebody here, man, it'd be a whole lot better experience if somebody's just taking care of these things for me. I don't really have to do any of the work with it. You know, it's funny. I would say about, um, 10 years ago, I remember doing a, a stand up town hall and we talked about, big data and how big data was going to sort of bring us into the next decade and we were going to invent all these things. And I, I got to be honest, I remember leaving some of those presentations and thinking like, okay, that all sounds great, but like, I don't really know what we're going to do with it. Let's be totally honest and, with ourselves. And, but that was, you know, a decade ago, 
the thought of, I have so much data that's available to me, but what am I going to do with it? Like, what is it really going to tell me? So can you kind of talk about how we've been able to take, and not just us, but like how developers have been able to take these reams and reams of data to make it usable? Like what's required before you can actually build product and, and help people? Yeah, great question. I think um, let's use some examples um, and we'll talk about the confidence example and maybe some third parties, for example, Open Door in the US. So if you're not familiar with Open Door, they are a company that will provide you an offer on your home, sight unseen, based on you filling in a handful of details about its location condition online. And they're able to then produce a, a real-time quote to purchase your home from you because they have access to and built up a collection of data about similar homes in that location of a similar quality that allows them to, with a high degree of confidence, evaluate what they believe the true value of the home to be. They need the data behind that in order to offer that service. In a similar way, Confidus, we are looking at the entire real estate market through the lens of an investor in single family residential real estate to evaluate each home individually across the entire market and surface the most likely candidate homes that would make good investments. And you know, what is a good investment? I think that it's hard to get a consensus on exactly what that means, but the platform that we've built allows each user to come with a different definition of what a good investment is mm -hmm. and tailor the output of our algorithms to support their particular thesis um, and way of looking at the market. And then we provide a wide variety of process-related technology advantages um, post-identification that make acquisition easy and straightforward. If I think about investing, the hardest thing is always, you know, I need to see the property. I need to be able to see it. You know, there's, there's always that go and see. That's the old sort of adage. That's the old saying. And it's gotten me out of uh, a whole lot of trouble. The problem though becomes you know there's time you know maybe the house i want to go see i can't get to you know thinking about this market things move really fast they move exceptionally fast you know house listed today might be sold tomorrow and when you think about how do you close those gaps how do you think about you know how do i give enough confidence to somebody that it's like they were there it's like they've experienced walking into a property, seeing for themselves where the issues are. So how do you start to think about technology solutions to close that gap? How do I recreate as close as absolutely possible the feeling of I've gone into a property, I can see it for what it is, I understand where the issues are. You know, yeah, you told me a bunch of things in a spreadsheet and there's data there, but how do I begin to create that sort of full envelope of confidence of like, I can, I can really understand this property. Yeah. Interesting. Um, well, that I think is super interesting insofar as someone sitting here in Toronto with the market being the way that it is and 
the prices of homes being what they are in the local area, which make investing in or even owning property here uh, difficult for a large portion of, of the population, being able to look further afield in places where they can't physically be and have the same kind of confidence in their decision making around an investment property is uh, something that is a int very interesting pro problem to to try and solve and you know what can you do so the smartphone has enabled a lot of things and with boots on the ground even if they are not your own boots going through a property knowing what to look at and being able to capture information about that property beyond the standard bedrooms, bathrooms, square footage type data that is available from a trusted party who you feel your interests are aligned with and being able to get that data back in a format that you can review and evaluate extremely quickly in order to make a decision. Because like you said, the market is moving so quickly right now that speed of decision making is really important the platforms that are being built to support that really can give you an advantage in the market or allow you to be in markets that you just wouldn't otherwise be able to them not being in your local area i think going back to that amherst example it was really eye-opening to hear how they had a, a team of you know half dozen people on madison avenue making buy decisions for properties in alabama and georgia sight unseen and that's because they were able to not only evaluate which properties they wanted to look at but have a trusted source on the ground in that area that could get them some real-time intelligence about the property and that's something that we at confidence have been really successful with having a great network of local professionals professionals who are able to be your trusted partner in those markets that you aren't in and gather the information you need to make decisions. Okay. I really think that's kind of the key is making sure you've got enough confidence to be able to make that kind of decision sight unseen. That's That for me is the Shangri-La. And I think that's uh, kind of our big objective here. Let's shift a little bit. I want you to put on your imaginary 10 years down the road and think about like what do you think where do you think this will go like what what do you think the next tech milestone will be reached in order for us to you know once again think about buying real estate much easier and and you know changing a lot of the systems and structures and processes that we have in place today if i was looking forward 10 years you know i would start to think that you'd be more likely to buy your home or sell your home to a company than and from an individual. And the reason for that is like a company, you know, there are so many pain points connected to transacting on a home that could either be reduced or eliminated by transacting with a company. And a company can kind of bring the benefits of pooled comparative advantage to a transaction. And that might come in the form of not having to do showings or staging, eliminating the headaches associated with lining up multiple transactions if you're moving, avoiding delays while properties sit on the market, although that may be hard to imagine given the hyper-competitive, fast-moving local market mm -hmm. 
conditions here in Ontario today. But I think there's a lot to be said for organizations who will sit and act as kind of market makers rather than individual transactions between buyers and sellers. So that, that's kind of one thing I, I see happening. And another thing I see happening is automated decision making, which is more analogous to human decision making becoming possible. And I think that's probably going to be a function of an expanding footprint of data becoming available that goes beyond just like the primary characteristics of a home. And this data could be sourced from a variety of spots, including, you know, extraction from photographs, um, using machine learning techniques, satellite imagery, imagery, street view, um, et cetera. And just like the basic data, and I call it basic, but it's not so basic, but the data we have today has enabled all of these new business models and, and ways to evaluate and operate within the real estate market. It's just scratching the surface of, of the type of information that we can figure out about a property in the same way that you as a human going in and looking at a place are able to, to evaluate it on a completely different level than a computer does today. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to get closer to that over the next 10 years. And so so you, you talked about uh, a company acquiring, and, and again, my thought immediately goes to a company like Open Door. That you know, their big value add to a homeowner was liquidity, the ability to sell a property quickly, simpler process, and have it out the door. You know, we are very much in a seller's market, so the the idea of, or let, let's say, in a scenario where we're in a seller's market, uh, it's easier to sell your property. However, the friction point become all the steps in the process, right? Those, you know, I have to list, I have to clean, I have to stage, I have to coordinate lawyers, I have to negotiate, I have to, I have to, I have to, I have to. It's a very long sort of process. And and I do kind of see, you know, the advantages then of dealing with an entity that kind of has those pieces figured out. Um, But I'm going to ask you a question because this is always super hot topic. If I want to buy a house, right? So I have a family, I want to move into a house. I want to, you know, because I think a lot of the fear is those houses become corporate property and they don't leave that system. If I'm a first time home buyer, what kind of advantages do you see PropTech providing me as a first time home buyer to get into the marketplace? Yeah, interesting. So one thing I, I have noticed that's possible now is people who are living in areas where home prices are prohibitively high are sometimes getting on the property ladder by purchasing homes that they don't live in immediately in markets where the home prices are comparatively more reasonable so this is the example of you know a toronto home buyer buying a home in moncton while renting in toronto holding that home for 10 years and so they're on the property ladder they're just not living in the home and then selling the home at some point in the future and the gains that they realize from the appreciation allow them to purchase a home in their local market. And again, that's something that just wouldn't be possible without platforms that exist today to enable it. And then there are a whole bunch of new ownership models that are showing up that are kind of tech adjacent, um, whether or not that's co-ownership or fractionalized ownership or um, there's some modern takes on rent to own and co-equity investments. Those type of programs, which I think 
benefit from technology insofar as it supports the underwriting uh, aspect at a minimum are designed to help first-time homebuyers get into the market. You know, it, it's a hot topic for many different sides, you know, ability to live where you want to live and the idea of home ownership. But I think you are touching on something, which is, I don't know if there's a negative sort of feeling towards, you know, we don't want home ownership, but there might be a different solution to be able to own property as an asset class, yet live where you want to live and having a little bit more freedom to have choice around how you invest in property. The example that comes to mind is uh, Roofstock in the US. Uh, you know, that whole business case was millennials in San Francisco that could not get on the property ladder. They were priced out. And exactly to your point, can you own real estate to help build the equity within a property that might not be in my city or state? And the answer is yes. And they were able to do it uh, quite successfully. And, uh, you know, using technology to give comfort that what they're buying is going to be properly taken care of and evaluated properly. And at the same time, uh, you know, fulfilling those needs of I get my money into uh, into the property ladder. Okay, yeah. super interesting topics. Uh, and I wish we kind of had uh, more time to explore them. But you know, Matt, I think you should come back and we can talk about those a little bit more. So last question that I'm going to ask you, your footprint, if you think about, you know, when you, when you look back and we're sipping cocktails, confidence reunion party someday, uh, if you think about your legacy on what you'd like to build or develop, what is that for you uh, from a prop tech perspective? Probably I'd be most proud of enabling individuals to get involved in property investment in a successful way that wouldn't have otherwise been able to by building a system that they can feel comfortable. They're making good decisions about um, how to get into the market. Okay. Thank you very much, Matt. I really appreciate your time. If I could sort of summarize and wrap up kind of today's discussion, I still feel that technology advancements in this industry are always going to be to the advantage of the end consumer, homeowner or the end uh, home seller. I think you don't have to go too far to see where that has helped in other industries, whether it be automotive industry, whether it be in the financial investing industries. And now I think we're finally seeing, and Matt, as you properly described it, scratching the surface around how it can help the real estate industry and help it in so many different fashions, whether it be using data to help us make better decisions or using technology to simplify the acquisition process or the selling process. And probably third is opening up new markets to us. Uh, letting us think about real estate differently. This isn't a local community decision anymore, that it could really truly be a investing around the country, the province, or even the globe. And I think those pieces become very exciting for Canadian investors uh, when they think about property going forward. So again, Matt, thank you very much uh, for joining us and uh, have a great day.